Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, here on this beautiful Friday morning, a day after Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had an outstanding holiday. Hopefully, some good food, some good times around friends, family, wherever you spent your moments. I'm happy you were here with me back today, previewing the Atlanta Falcons at FedEx Field, visiting the Washington Commanders at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. But before we get in, to today's episode, this podcast is always brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs with first-to-market odds and lines. The NBA, NHL, the NFL, college football, esports, golf, NASCAR, whatever you may think about betting on, Bet Online has all can fulfill all of your betting needs. So head on over to Bet Online today to get fifty percent off your first welcome deposit using our code. Believe 50. That's B L E A V to get 50% off your in your first welcome deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So let's jump in to today's episode. A full preview offensively and defensively of the Atlanta Falcons, a team that has played decently good football in these last few weeks. A team that is battling right now with the Buccaneers and the Saints for the right to win the NFC South, a, a division that has not been great this year. Everyone before the year, obviously, you expected Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay to run away with the division. And you look at it right now, Buccaneers are 5-5, five and five, Falcons are 5-6, and six, Saints are 4-7, and seven, and the Panthers are 3-8. and eight. That's a division, as we work into Week 12, is still up in the air. And this is a huge matchup. I talked about it in the post-game recap of Washington's win over Houston this last week of how big this game is towards the landscape of the NFC wildcard picture. It's a massive game. So I don't want to waste any more of your time. I want to get in to the offense first for this Atlanta Falcons roster, led by quarterback Marcus Mariota. Now, from a game script perspective for this team, it's going to be interesting to see what the weather is going to be like at FedEx Field on Sunday. Because you look at Washington, and you look at Atlanta, and how they make their money, and where they how they wear their hat, and where their MO is, it's on the ground. And if it's going to be pouring, and as it looks at it right now here on Friday morning looking at the weather, it's going to be nasty out there. It's going to be nasty winter-style football, throwback football. And both the teams that we'll see like that style, that brand of football. Marcus Mariota is a guy, dual-threat option, like Taylor Heineke is. He'll run the ball 10 to 15 times a game, not on just scramble drills, but a guy that will run on, on QB sweeps and QB powers. They'll run a lot of RPO with Corderell Patterson and Tyler Algare. These are guys that we're going to hear a lot about this week, especially with how nasty it's going to be at FedEx Field this week. They like to run the ball. And really, when you look at their front five, it's a front five from a sacks perspective, the middle of the road as far as giving up sacks per game, but they don't drop back and ask Marcus Mariota to dissect your defense all over the field. Whether it's 25 attempts in the air, 30 attempts, that's not their game. 15 to 20 attempts is the max that you'll see from Marcus Mariota through the air on Sunday. And I have my concerns on the defensive side of the ball right now from Washington as far as who they'll have outside at corner because Benjamin St. Just hasn't practiced all week. So now you're looking at 
Kendall Fuller on one side and Rashad Wild Goose you're going to activate on one side. You're going to slide Danny Johnson into the slot. Now, granted, they've been using a lot of that Derek Forrest and those three safety looks where you got Cam Curl and Bobby McCain playing high and Derek Forrest rolling down into the box and playing more of that robber spot and playing in the line of scrimmage. A lot that we saw in years prior from Landon Collins. I think, in my opinion, Derek Forrest has played better ball than I've seen Landon Collins play at that quote-unquote Buffalo nickel spot. He's done a really nice job. But for Atlanta, they want to run the ball behind a front five from left to right. Jake Matthews, Truma Adoga, Drew Dahlman, Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry, and and then they, and at tight end, who we'll get into, they get a lot of guys involved there to not just be in-line talents as blockers, but as unique options to leak out in the flat and do some unique things and offensively from a concept perspective to get the ball out of Marcus Mariota's hands in the passing game. So it'll be another nice test this week for Washington's front four, it still remains to be seen if we will see Chase Young this week. If we do, from what I've heard, it's going to be from that 15 to 25 range from snap from a snap count perspective, depending on how the game goes. If it's a blowout in Washington's again, their way, right? If it goes their way, you're not going to see a lot of Chase Young. But if they, they get into certain situations to where it's Third and eight, third and nine, games tied, third, fourth quarter. You may see him out there as a DPR in certain situations, which obviously it's a pretty damn good option to throw off off the bench in 99, coming off to, to line up opposite of Montez Sweat. And I think also something to be to make note of is the field conditions this Sunday. I don't think there needs to be anything said about the field conditions of FedEx Field and the amount of injuries, knock on wood, that we've seen over the years, the nasty injuries unfortunately, that we've seen suffered over the years. And really, the last one was Chase Young. So, if the, if, the, if it's muddy, if the ground is loose, you know, I just don't see Washington using Chase Young a lot in that aspect and really risking him suffering a setback or another potential minor injury to that knee. You're trying to be as, as careful as possible with it, but when you have a dynamic talent that Chase Young is, and how he could provide another juice to this defense that's playing with their hair on fire, especially within the front seven, you know, you want to get him out there. You do. But you have, of course, you have to be careful. And I've said it many times before, how I've been so appreciative and and really just, just happy how Washington has treated Chase Young and his injury and his rehab throughout the last year plus taking it slow, not rushing him back. This is a long a long journey for Chase Young. It's not just about this year. It's about six, seven years from now who the player he's going to be for this defense and as a face of the franchise and one of the biggest faces of the franchise as a second overall pick back in 2020 that we've had in a long time. It's been a long time since Washington has had a talent like Chase Young rushing off the edge. And I know Ryan Kerrigan back in the day, him and Brian Arakpo rushing, and we've seen what John Allen's been able to do, but from a pure athlete perspective, it's, you know, it's him, it's Sean Taylor, it's those type of athletes, those freakish, quote-unquote, built-in-a-lab type of guys. That's what Chase Young is. So I want him to get back to 100% health. And if he works this week against Atlanta, great. If he doesn't, Okay. Because Washington's front four has been fine without him. And I don't I don't want to say, though, that they're better without Chase Young. No. If you hear anybody say that Washington's front four is better without a talent like Chase Young, they need to reevaluate re- their knowledge of football, flat out. Okay? 
Chase Young adds, adds a dynamic to this defense that I am just really excited to see. And I know you guys are excited to see number 99 back on the football field. But let's get back on track to the offense here for Atlanta. Talked about the quarterback spot. Running back is going to be Corderell Patterson, Tyler Algier, fifth rounder back this past April. Kid out of BYU that has some pop. Not the biggest guy in the world. Not going to create a ton outside the tackles. But this front five for Atlanta is really where it starts because this is a decent group. Led by Chris Lindstrom at right guard. So that's where Deron Payne is going to be aligned. He's going to have his work cut out from this week. Chris Lindstrom has been excellent for them all year long. First rounder back in 2019 out of Boston College. He's been really, really, really a good ball player. One of the top 10 interior offensive linemen in football this year. He doesn't to be talked about because they are Atlanta and they're a smaller market team. Nobody wants to talk about him. But Chris Lindstrom at right guard, you're going to hear a lot about him on the broadcast. He's played really, really good ball, especially as a run blocker and clearing lanes through those two and four holes to the left shoulder at, of, of his position at right guard and then the right shoulder of him at right guard. Those two and four holes outside either hip. He's done a really nice job. Left tackle, he's been there for a, a long time, is Jake Matthews. So Montez Sweat's going to be working him a ton. He was a first rounder back in 2014, almost a decade ago out of Texas A&M. He's been fine this year. Uh, again, they don't give up a ton of sacks because of the mobile ability, the ability to get outside the pocket and make plays with his legs that Marcus Mariota has. So they will not give up a ton of sacks. I don't think this is a game where Washington's able to wrangle down Marcus Mariota four or five times. This may be a sack or two game, whether it's Sweat or somebody chasing him down in the perimeter areas of the offense, like a Jamin Davis or a Derek Forrest. That's something that I see. This week, I don't, I don't think we're going to see many coverage sacks that we saw last week against the Texans and Davis Mills, where the back half of the defense did a really nice job of locking up Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins and the players that Houston deployed last week. This is going to be a defend the run, limit the run, and then force Marcus Mariota on those long third and down and distances to beat you with his arm. Because they don't have Kyle Pitts. They put Kyle Pitts on IR this week. So he's going to be out at tight end. It's really a mix of bodies. It's Parker Hess, Michael Pruitt that they brought over from Tennessee. Felipe Franks is a quarterback convert from Arkansas. Anthony Ferkser came over from Tennessee. They have a lot of tight ends, similarly to Washington, where the, obviously the names that we, we talk on and on about with Washington, with Logan Thomas and Cole Turner and John Bates and Armani Rogers, and we even remember talking about Curtis Hodges back during the summer. They deploy a lot of tight ends and unique looks most of the time as blockers, but really with Parker Hess, who was a, a defensive line in co- defensive lineman in college who's made the conversion over to the opposite side of the ball now. He's played some good snaps for them at tight end and does a little bit of some of those unique things that I talked about at the top of this episode. Working in the flat areas, acting like he's going to chip a DN and working out to the flat, buzzing out to the second level and quick little slants from Marcus Mariota, getting that head around. None of their guys are going to create dynamically like Kyle Pitts has. Kyle Pitts is one of the top tight ends in football and really provided a dynamic to their offense where he was tight end one, wide receiver one, weapon X, everything for that offense. Because now I'm extremely interested to what Arthur Smith, head coach for the Falcons, is going to deploy from an offensive perspective because they want to run the ball every single week, 35 40 times. That is how they make their money. You look back to their game against the Chicago Bears last week where they won at home 27-24. 
it was Marcus Mariota on the ground, 13 attempts, 25 yards and touchdown. Cordell Patterson, 10 attempts, 52 yards. And Tyler Algier, 8 carries, 55 yards for almost 7 yards a pop. So in the past, you look at Cordell Patterson, he was someone that had a lot of pop as far as a kick returner, punt returner, one of the best all time, took one back last week. He's a running back for them. A big body with obviously the burst to sneak through that second level and get to the third level, making guy miss, and it's 80 yards to the house. So this is a team, and I can't stress it enough, where it's going to be another test within the interior. You got to limit the ground game because it's going to be messy, and they're going to force feed all the names that I just mentioned, and then it's going to be Mariota on those RPOs. He's not going to throw it a ton. He only threw it 20 times against the Bears, 130 yards and a touchdown. Doesn't turn the ball over a ton. This is a game where you're going to have to get your turnovers by forcing fumbles. But from a receiving perspective, it's it was it has been Kyle Pitts and no one else. Against the Bears, Demir Bird, two catches, 29 yards. Michael Pruitt, a catch. Kaderil Hodge, a catch. Olamide uh, Zacchaeus, a catch for nine yards. That's it. They don't move the needle for anybody from a passing perspective. Now, they do have Drake London, first rounder that they took out of USC, a kid I know a lot of you are familiar with. You wanted him here in the Burgundy and Gold. He's been good for the Falcons, been really good the first month of the season. Numbers have kind of fallen off here the last month. Had a touchdown against Chicago, so he's on a little bit of a hot streak. He's coming in. He had one catch against Chicago, but it was a touchdown. So it's feeling good about yourself. This is where I get a little a little nervous. He's not a yards after catch guy. He's not someone that's going to catch it and take it 30 yards. Wherever he usually catches the ball, if it's 17 yards downfield, it's going to be 17-yard completion. He's going to catch it and turn most likely is down by a couple guys. He's not a dynamic guy after the catch, but that's something that we understood him coming into the draft process and now in the pros, really, really dynamic aerial uh, threat within the air. 50-50 balls turn into 90-10 balls when he's in the air. He's really, really good when asked to go and play above the rim and high point the football at the at the catch point. Um, and I, I really hope that Benjamin St. Juice is able to play this week as a guy that's at 6'2", 6'3", 33-inch arms and be able to really get in the face of Drake London and force him to separate off the line of scrimmage. If it's Kendall Fuller and Rashad Wild Goose and a little bit of Christian Holmes on the outside this week, maybe they will throw a little bit more. Maybe they will target Drake London. Instead of three or four times, maybe they target him eight, nine times. Really get him going in this ballgame. Because from a size perspective, not everything is about size. You still got to separate off the line of scrimmage and Washington does a nice job with rotating McCain and Curl and Forrest over the top and give a help for those corners on the outside, but he's a big body, and he's a really good talent, and they've obviously made it a point, especially in the first month, month and a half of the season, looking back into September and the early portions of October, of giving him the ball, and he's going to have to step up. Someone's going to have to step up with Kyle Pitts out of this offense, and now Pitts' numbers aren't, they weren't crazy within this offense. You think of Arthur Smith back in Tennessee using those tight ends with Jonu Smith, this, you know, you thought when they drafted Kyle Pitts, he was going to be Jonu Smith, a souped up version of him, right? If if Jonu Smith was, you know, your your Corvette, Kyle Pitts was that souped up Ferrari, Lamborghini, whatever your fancy is with luxury cars. That's what Kyle Pitts was for this offense. Just a, a unicorn at the position coming out of the University of Florida as a top 10 pick back in uh, 2021. Just a really good player, but they don't have him. And injuries happen. And adversity happens. This team's been playing decent football, like I said, the last month of the season, season where they're being competitive. But overall, you look at the games that they've been playing, they barely beat the Panthers, they barely beat the Bears. 
You know, they lost to the Chargers by three. It's a decent ball club. So they play, again, decent football. They're being competitive. Not easy to win in the NFL. This is a team where you think from Washington's perspective, coming home, you've won five of your last six. You're on a hot streak. This is a big game, wildcard perspective. It's a game where Washington's in a really good spot. So outside of Drake London on the perimeter, they activated Frank Darby, kid out of Arizona State that they took in the sixth round back in 2021. Opposite of him, there's, there's going to be some Demir Bird. Talked about Zacchaeus, Kadero Hodge. These guys are just you know, average names. I, I liked Kadero Hodge a little bit in Detroit. I thought he was underused during his time with the Lions. Um, he's someone that's going to get some snaps for them uh, in the slot and, and on the outside a little bit. But knowing that that moves the needle. It's it's Patterson, it's Algier, it's Mariota in the run game. That's where they make their money. It's going to be another test for Washington's front four to really holster within the interior, clogging up those gaps and allowing those linebackers, the Bostics, the Davises, the Derek Forrest, the Cam Curls, who like to come down to the line of scrimmage and forcing guys on the outside and Fuller and Wild Goose. And if you see some Christian Holmes, maybe see some more Percy Butler this week. Usually, you know, the, the narrative is corners don't want to tackle. Teams want to force corners to tackle. And when we get into the defensive side of Atlanta, we'll talk about their def- defensively for them and their secondary, how teams have forced them to tackle. And they've been fine doing that. But when Cordell Paris- Patterson's coming down the tracks, and it's a big man with some speed, Kendall Fuller and Rashad Wild Goose this week are going to have to make some plays on the perimeter because this front five will be able to move some bodies and create some gaps within the interior. So let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. I really think Washington could have a breakout day on offense this week. And I don't care. I know it's going to be messy. I know it's going to be rainy, but I would love Washington to just really ground and pound and take their shot plays down the field. AJ Terrell, I'm going to start there at corner is one of the more underrated corners in the league, but he's had a rough season. Teams have not shied away from targeting him. Um, he just doesn't have much help in the secondary. It's an aging Casey Hayward. You look back to the safeties, it's it's Richie Grant, a second rounder in 2021 at UCF that does a little bit of that. That Derek Forrest role for them, he'll play high. He'll come in the box and play that robber spot. Uh, he was not afraid to stick his face in the mud near the line of scrimmage. He's been fine this year. Jalen Hawkins is a fourth rounder back in 2020. Just guys that really don't move the needle too much, but they're guys that fly around and make some plays. But it is A.J. Terrell, and opposite of him is going to be a little bit of that Casey Hayward and Darren Hall. That That is the Atlanta Falcons. So Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, everybody looks healthy this week. You know, now it's just seeing improvement with Taylor Heineke. If it's, if it's storming and it's pouring its tail off, I don't see Washington throwing it a ton. But like we saw last week against Chicago, getting McLaurin, getting Dotson, we know the kind of touches and designated touches that Scott Turner likes to get Curtis Samuel on, whether it's those jet sweeps and orbit motions and some wildcat stuff. We, we see that every week from Curtis Samuel where he gets three to five uh, rushing attempts every single game on top of what we see from Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. But through the air this week, we I like Washington. I like Washington here. It's a bold check mark for me as far as from a matchups perspective against the secondary. Washington has speed. AJ Terrell has not countered speed well this year, especially after the catch. He hasn't. Terry McLaurin, we know, can run. Curtis Samuel can run. Jahan Dotson can run. I don't know if we'll see Dax Milne. He's got some snaps this week. Or excuse me, these last few weeks is that wide receiver five, wide receiver six. As our as our punt returner as well. He didn't practice, so we will see if he's healthy on Sunday. That's going to be big. Someone else going to have to return punts and maybe Jahan Dotson. Cam Sims has gotten some targets. So I, I just like Washington's depth and their top end pop that they have at the top of their depth chart against this secondary. 
And then you're going to force their linebackers. We're kind of working from top to bottom here. Their linebackers, Mikel Walker, Rashawn Evans came over from Tennessee. Lorenzo Carter came over from the Giants. They drafted Troy Anderson, one of my favorite guys in the draft this year out of Montana State. A second rounder that can do a little bit of everything for you and wash your car and do your taxes for you. D'Angelo Malone, a third rounder in 2022. Uh, Anderson and Malone were both, and, and I'll get to Arnold Abiquetti in a minute, but both those guys were also at the Senior Bowl. So a really good look at them. And D'Angelo's had a, a decent start to his career rushing the passer. Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski is a guy that brought over from Las Vegas. It's just really a, a bunch of names and some young guys in Malone and Anderson that they want to work into to more snaps. This is their future at the position. It's Anderson. It's Malone. It's going to be Michael Walker. Younger guys, Evans and Carter have been in the league for a while, and teams have targeted them a ton in the passing game. So again, back to the tight ends for Washington, Logan Thomas, John Bates, all these guys are going to have opportunities to make plays over the middle of the field this week. Because if you don't want to take those 30-yard deep shots in this pouring rain, hitting those 7-10 to yarders consistently with a decent clip off of play action or just straight dropbacks, it's going to be key this week because teams have especially Michael Walker, teams have targeted him and forced him to cover a ton this year. Troy Anderson has not been great in his first year. We've talked about that a ton. The speed of the game and how much, from a logistical standpoint, linebackers have to learn coming from the college game to the NFL game. It's just it's just different, and it takes a little while to adjust. It doesn't matter how good an athlete you are, how good you test, what you did in college, where you played in college, where you were drafted. The expectations are there for him as a second-round pick in Troy Anderson, but it's just a lot to learn at the linebacking spot. We've seen the progression of Jamin Davis this year, but these are the guys, these young pieces that Arthur Smith and new GM Terry Fontenot, who was in Atlanta as far as last year, these are young pieces that they have running around that second level. So these are players that are going to hear a lot about Sunday, some making plays, especially in the run game when Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, again, you know, we've seen them last few weeks, total 30, 35 carries combined. Maybe even more this week, considering the conditions. So up front, Abdullah Anderson, they run a little bit of that 3-4 unique look. Sometimes they're multiple in their fronts where they want to bring down D'Angelo Malone and align him opposite of Arnold Ebiketti. But it's Abdullah Anderson, it's Jalen Dalton at that nose spot. Grady Jarrett is one of the top uh, interior defensive linemen in all of football. Leads them in sacks. He's a big boy that can flat out get after the passer and claw ga- gaps in the run game. A really, really good player for them in that 3-4. And, and then rotationally, it's Timmy Horn, it's Jaleel Johnson, it's Adekumbo Ogundiji, a guy they borrowed from Notre Dame. They drafted from Notre Dame in the fifth round in 2021. But And then Arnold Ebiketti, a kid that they drafted out of, out of Penn State in the second round. Another senior bowl guy that was absolutely dominant when I got my eyes on him down in Mobile. He can flat out rush the pasture. He's second in sacks for Atlanta, and he's going to make his presence known. It's Sam Cosme at right tackle, sharing snaps with Cornelius Lucas. It's Charles Leno at left tackle. They're going to have their work cut out for him this week. I like what I've seen from D'Angelo Malone. And then you and then you have Arnold Ebiketti on the other side, two young guys that are still figuring their way at the NFL level, playing with horse blinders on right now with their hair on fire. They're just asked to get after the passer. They're not asking to do a ton of stacking the offensive tackles and then working in the flat areas and getting TFLs. They're just being asked, hey, pen your ears back and get flat out, get after Taylor Heineke this week. So it's it's been hard at times for defenses to really bring Taylor Heineke down. Most of the times when he is brought down, it's those coverage sacks that we're seeing. He does a nice job, just like Mariota does, of working outside of structure, creating plays off script. 
But Arnold Ebiketti is a young pass rusher in this league that is only getting better. And four or five years down the road, and it may be even sooner. Heck, it may even be next year where he starts to creep with the, you know, close to that 10, 9, 10 sack total. Been really good this year for that Falcons front three, front four, whatever you want to call it, because there's sometimes multiple in their fronts, as I mentioned. But you're going to hear a lot of him this week, and he's going to get after the passer. If you allow him to get hot, he may have those a performance like we saw back in week two where Aiden Hutchinson for the Lions had three sacks in the first half. He has that talent. He has that ability to bend the edge to the outside, jump to the inside, convert speed to power. He can do a lot of those different things at the edge spot to flat out push the pocket. So that is the Atlanta Falcons, a team, again, coming in off of a 27-24 win against Chicago. They are 5-6 and six right now. They're 4-2 and two at home, 1-4 on the road. Again, they're 1-4 and four on the road. So they haven't played their best ball when they've had to leave the beautiful confines of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, that beautiful stadium that they have down, down there in Atlanta. So that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, sitting here after Thanksgiving, I hope you guys had an outstanding holiday, enjoyed the football games yesterday. We saw Dallas take down New York. New York is now 7-4. and four. Dallas is now 8-3, and three, so it changes up the NFC East landscape a little bit. If Washington is able to win this week, they will move to 7-5 and five, right there in the thick of things as we move forward into the back end of this season and we creep towards Christmas time. So always appreciate your time. If you did, please leave a review, share, subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. I'm on Twitter. If you don't follow me already, at underscore Ryan Fowler. All my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. More video content, more audio content is also housed there. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy the uh, college slate here today. It starts at noon. If you like soccer, enjoy the USA-England game at 2 o'clock today. Hope you guys are enjoying the World Cup as well. I know I am. And enjoy a great slate of football on Saturday for college and Sunday. 1 o'clock at FedEx Field, Washington Commanders at 6-5, and five, and the visiting Atlanta Falcons at 5-6 and six as they battle in that NFC South to win their division. So a huge game in the picture of, for them winning the division, and for Washington and the NFC wildcard picture. So as always, greatly appreciate you guys' time and the spirit of Thanksgiving. I'm very thankful for all of you, for all the, the, the moments that we've had so far in this podcast with sharing your views with me on on social media and saying getting in touch with me. I always appreciate you guys reaching out to me and your feedback. Uh, it's a great community that we've built here and, and the short time that I've done this podcast since the big start of this year. But again, in the spirit of the Thanksgiving holiday, I'm very, very thankful for all your, your guys' comments, your reviews, your feedback. I greatly appreciate it. It does not go overlooked. I promise you. So I will be, I will be back with you guys on Monday morning, recapping again. Say a Washington win over the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. So I am Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. Enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving holiday. And this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.